get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tyler Bozak, they got an assist on the Pat Maroon goal two, three years ago. He scores! Tyler Bozak in overtime! You can bring out the Zamboni! The St. Louis Blues are coming home, and they're bringing the Avalanche with them. Bozak wins it for the Blues, 5-4, 3-38 into overtime. A great call last night and a great game last night in Colorado. And right now we are breaking it all down with the Blues analyst for 101 ESPN and the Blues Radio Network. He is Joey Vitale joining us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Joe, unbelievable night. Great job breaking it all down throughout the game in Colorado. How you doing today, man? Joey, Joey, what's Joey. up? What's up, guys? Yeah, hey, listen, BK, that was, that was an awesome game. That was probably... I think one of the coolest moments of, of the being, me being the broadcast booth over the last four seasons, you know, I, I would put that right up there along the, the Pat Maroon game seven. And of course the game seven Stanley cup final there in 2019, you know, and I say that because it, the game, it, it, it was like a movie, you know, it was like a scripted movie where it started out, it started out okay. And then it got really slow and then it hit a climax and then it dropped. And just when you thought you had the answers, um, something got thrown in your face. You know, it, it just reminds you of the first time I ever saw the Titanic, you know, like Jack's winning a card game at the beginning. You're pumped up for Jack. And then Joey, he gets that on didn't the boat. well. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> Rose made it out alive. Yeah, you know, hey, yeah, Rose is fine. Good point. Yeah, good point. Uh, Rose, hey, you know, the women, women and children were fine. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Um, there was room on that, by the way. You know what I mean? Though, no, you know, it had the ups and the downs, and then they're dancing one 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 night in the in the bottom shelf there and having some tequila, and then all of a sudden you hit an iceberg, and then you get on the boat and you're pumped up, and then of course then the boat sinks, and then and then you get on a lifeboat, and then that lifeboat gets full, and then you know, she's like, "Who, boy, up, down," and then Jack's alive, and then Rose is dead, and then Rose is back alive, and, and then you find out at the end of the day that she had the diamond the whole time. Like, God, what, what a. What a Dickens! What a Dickens having that diamond the whole time and not saying anything. But uh, no, so I don't know where I was going with that. My point was that it was just a a roller coaster of, of sheer emotion. I mean, uh, you knew Nathan McKinnon, you know, was was like that stream of water that was going to bust through at some point. And even though that beaver worked hard to build that dam, it was going to try to slow it, slow it, but it was going to explode at some point, And we knew it was going to come. And certainly it came last night. And you're thinking, well. You tried to keep them at bay a little bit, but eventually uh, one of the best players in the world come through. They go up by three, but then Colorado, they just, 
they played so passive for me in that third period, almost like not even that they were protecting the lead. It was almost like they were just, they didn't know how to play with the lead. Like they weren't primed and ready for that moment. And St. Louis just started to build. And we were saying on the broadcast about, you know, 18 minutes to go in the third, you just, you felt the ice starting to tilt a little bit. You felt something was, something was happening. You love the way the chair single got on the board. And all of a sudden here comes Thomas and here comes Falk. The blues made a great adjustment. The third, they're pinching the defenseman, super aggressive, nothing to lose mentality. And to me, that really sparked that turnaround. And just when you tied it, thinking you're going overtime, here comes Nathan McKinnon, like Mach 1 out of his own end. I mean, end-to-end, coast-to-coast, one of the prettiest goals you're ever going to see. And I think every Blues fan, including myself, looked at that goal and thought, you know what, you really just got to tip your hat, and this is going to be the end of the Blues season. And it happened because of the superior play of one of the greatest players in the world. But then, of course, there's the low, and then here comes the high. Thomas ties it up. you going overtime. And Tyler Bozak, of all the heroes, to see number 21 get on the board there. He's had some big moment, big moment goals. He's primed and ready for the moment. It's just it had it all, man, and it was a, it was a hard night to sleep last night. I know a lot of Blues fans felt the same way. Joe, honestly, and we'll get back to hockey, but if I had a DeLorean and could go back in time, I would love to go back to watch Titanic with you the first time. <laughs> Because I want, man, I, I want to you. see the emotions you went through watching that movie. Wow. Hey, listen, listen to his when, call when, last when, night. Uh, <laughs> when Jack was Bob drawing Kate Winslet, my, my, that, that's when my heart rate was probably at an all-time high. Listen, I was hey. in sixth grade. Hey, I man. didn't see anything like that. Hey, yeah, man. I never saw anything like that in my hey. life. People kept talking about the raw emotions of that movie when the boat was singing. I'm like, whoa, 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 let's back up. How about an hour and 22 minutes into the movie when Jack's got the lady laying down on the couch and he's sketching her out with a pencil? That's gonna be that got my heart rate up. Raw emotions about the movie. How about the raw emotion from Jill Vitale during that moment in the movie? <laughs> How about the, the sheer rawness. I'll never forget. I was at Ronnie's twenty. I was in sixth grade. It was one of the first movies that I ever saw with like a group of friends. And you know that was sixth grade, right? So the girls and the boys are starting to kind of get interested in each other. So we went with a huge group. There's probably like twelve boys and maybe like eight or nine girls. The girls sat a row up, and we were a row back. And all of a sudden that scene came on and I remember all the girls like looking back and like judging the guys for watching like, Hey, this is not my fault. Like, what what are you judging me for? Like blame James Cameron. He's a director. He's the one that decided to put this out there for the world to see. It's a PG 13 movie of all things. Like what, what world are we living in where PG 13 movie has uh, girls, little tatas flying around. Like, it's not my bad. Listen, I'm 13 or close to it anyway. Like whatever. Was this before or I after love you, the Joe. first kiss incident where yeah. your teeth and yeah, the, braces the braces got stuck? When you looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, no, this was this was probably around the same time. I had a rough yeah, that checks grade. out. I mean, it was, it was a good sixth grade, but it was a rough one. That was when I thought it was cool to wear WWE and WWF yeah. T-shirts to the grade school mixers. Um, it, it was hit or miss, but for the most time, it was always a miss. Uh, look at you now, Joey V. You're, you're my hero. Speaking of hit or miss, Joey, uh, Robert Thomas has been a, a more missed than hit so far in the playoffs, but last night, man, my goodness, did he step up in a huge, huge way for the Blues. Can you put in perspective for us what that meant for Thomas and what it could mean for him, A, in the rest of this series, but B, just the confidence that had to build for him in future playoff series as well? Well, you know, I thought about Robert when it was a 3 nothing game, and we were talking about how he was he, – he had some chances in that game. He, he was close on a couple tips. He had that kind of semi-breakaway there off a power play rush from Buchnevich that the Darcy Kemper came out and made a glove save on. He was getting his looks. He just couldn't find the back of the net. And I remember when it was 3 nothing, thinking, like, 
gosh, like what a, it's hard. It's, it sucks that you got to spoil one of the best regular seasons for this young man. Maybe one of the better ones he's going to see in his first five, six years in the league. I mean, it was just that good. And it's hard because is that going to be spoiled by the fact that he just really couldn't get going offensively in the postseason? I, I felt for him as a person because it would be a long summer if the season ended last night where he just could not find the offensive numbers to match what he did in the regular season. And then of course he gets that awesome bounce there in the third period. And then, then came the second one and you saw the smile on his face and, and this, this momentum thing for goal scores. It's a, it's a funny thing. Just like Terrace single scored the hat trick in Minnesota one after another. And for Thomas, I think that that's really what he started to feel. He started to get that feeling again. There's, there's nothing like that feeling. I think the two greatest feelings as a hockey player, I've always said, number one is scoring a goal because you feel like untouchable, like you have as much energy as possible. You can do anything you want out there. And then the other one is right after you finish a fight, you go to the box, you hear the roar of the crowd. I mean, those are the biggest adrenaline rushes as a hockey player. And, and really, you, you cannot mimic that unless you put yourself in a fight or you do score a big-time goal. And for Robert Thomas, uh, I was so happy for him. I was so proud of him because – we just seen this kid grow and groom since he was a young man winning the cup when he was 19 and we've seen the ups, we've seen the injuries, we've seen the downs. What a great regular season he had he was struggling in the postseason, couldn't find the back of the net. And then here he comes. And, and I think personally, not only with the Thomas coming alive last night, but Tara Sinko also coming alive in this series. This is where it becomes a little bit of a different series. Now for me, this is where you look back in that Minnesota series, guys, the, the turning point in that series was the Tarasenko hat trick in Minnesota. And I say that because you just felt it. You felt that Minnesota was dealing with Perron and O'Reilly, but they could, they could handle that storm. It was two guys. It was one line. We'll figure this out. But then when Tarasenko got going in Minnesota, there was like this, oh boy, here comes this next group of guys. And that's where the depth took over in that series, and the Blues never looked back. I kind of look at this game last night where the Colorado Avalanche now are looking at it where it's, it's not just O'Reilly and Perron. Now here comes Sarasenko. Now here comes Robert Thomas. Jordan Kyrou's had his moments in the postseason. So now you're dealing with a whole group of guys instead of just one line to try to shut down. So this is where the, the series really could turn in the Blues' favor if they can keep this momentum building. Joe, that's what I was going to ask you because I, I specifically remember the story you always tell, and you told me that the day after Game One against the San Jose Sharks, that you know a, a, a butt spanking by the the Sharks, and Steve Hot walked past you and said, "We're going to be fine." Did you feel that confidence in this group after last night on the way home? I did. Yeah, you know, I, I really did. Um, on the plane, it was it was exciting. You know, Tyler Bozak, of course. I was joking with him. He he comes on the flight. Everyone's so pumped up. And I was giving him the fist pump, and I said, "Dude, you, you totally, you totally just pissed off my wife." And he's like, "What happened?" He's <laughs> like, "We were looking at flights to Mexico tomorrow during the second period. We were pumped up. We were gonna hit the beaches and bring the sunblock and the and the Malibu rum." And and he started laughing. He's like, "Oh, you gotta tell her to wait a little bit longer, you know." So just like jokes flying like that, you know. I've never seen Craig Berube smile the way he smiled in the plane last night. I mean, this is this is not only a team. That, that got back in the series, that now they're just two games away from moving on to the conference final. This, this was a, just a proud moment, I think, for a lot of those guys. That, that to me, is where Craig Berube, if you look at the postgame, his speech, I mean, there's so much just raw, great, genuine emotion in his talk, and you see it from the players. But I think that that genuine spirit is, is truly coming from the fact that these coaches are just really, really proud of what that team did last night. And all the Blues fans should be extremely proud 
of the effort that they saw. They did not go quietly into the night. Their backs were up against the wall. And what did they do? They just kept chipping. They just kept chipping away, chipping away. Adjustments from the coaching staff, whether it be the D being aggressive, going down and pinching on the wall, and really suffocating Colorado in their own zone, or was it Torpchenko being propelled to the third line and getting top-line minutes, playing in the final minute of a 4-4 game? I mean, that's some risky, risky stuff that Craig Ruby really leaned on last night, and the team just responded very well. And the fact that they walked away there with that win, returning the game back to St. Louis, talked to a lot of people this morning, going to the game tomorrow night. It's going to be a great, great game, I think. Awesome atmosphere. And now they just need Billy, I truly believe, Billy to steal one game. I mean, whether it be tomorrow or if they can get through tomorrow, game seven, have your goalie just take one. Hopefully you're hoping for a good bounce, maybe a bounce or two on the power play. And maybe this Nathan McKinnon line silences up a little bit. And you just never know. I mean, this is a Colorado team, as you guys have probably talked about today, that have not moved on to the conference final last three years. They are stuck in this second round. They can't get out of it. And you almost wonder, it's not just a loss last night. That, that, was, a, that was an impactful loss. Is that one that just haunts you forever? Does it, does it bring you back to the years of the Red Sox or the, the Cubs when um, you know, the outfielder was, was going in there? You guys would know you're the baseball guy. goes to make the catch and the fan jumps. I mean, it's kind of one of those games, right, where you're like, you're up by three. You're up in the series three to one. You're on home ice. Let's get out of here. Let's walk away to the conference final. Also, the team comes back. So these are the ones that can really impact you. So we will see what the game will look like tomorrow. Hopefully the Blues will continue to roll. And we're looking at a game seven in Denver on Sunday. Joey, we'll get you out of here on this. You mentioned um, what, what the Blues were able to get last night out of Ville Husso. I, I think I could also look at the other side of things and what Colorado did not get out of Darcy Kemper do you feel like these goalies are kind of at an even matchup right now? Because I, I don't feel like the Blues are any longer at a goalie disadvantage. No, I since, since the beginning, BK, I've never liked Colorado's goaltending. I, I thought St. Louis has had a great job on getting Darcy Kemper's number ever, ever since his years in Arizona. He's had his little spurts, but I think there's been a great scouting report on him, and the Blues have exposed him. I mean, they've really gone after his glove side, not so much last night, but in the previous games, they're really doing a good job going after his glove side, and, and this, is, this is a goalie that can be had. I think with Jordan Bennington, I think it's easily favors St. Louis. You know, with, with Billy Huso now, I think it's an even one. I, I, think it's, I think it's close. I think you're going to be looking at situations over tomorrow night's game and hopefully the next two games, if we go back to Denver on Sunday, where you're going to see good saves, but you're going to see maybe a couple um, lackadaisical goals get behind them. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. Like, that Tyler Bozak shot, you know, that, that's a puck that's got to be saved. And if that one goes past Billy Huso, you're, you're frustrated, and that was maybe one you want to have back that could have extended your season. You know, even, even going back before those, like, you know, some rebound uh, control issues there in the third period. Um, I will say the one area about this goaltending situation, I'm seeing a lot of momentum shifts in this series. It's not a back-and-forth series. It's not – we get two chances, Colorado comes down to the chance. We do one, they come back with two. So the reason for that is it's not a constant flow and rhythm for each goaltender. There's moments where Darcy Kemper didn't see a shot or any kind of attack for seven, eight, nine, twelve 12 minutes of hockey time. It's a long time. And Billy Husso, the same thing. You know, when the Blues were humping in there in the third period, uh, Billy did not see a lot of hard action. You know, that's what made me a little bit nervous in overtime where he hadn't seen a lot of pucks. So this is a, a wave attack from each team. So there's going to be moments where goaltenders are going to get a little bit stale, a little bit cold, and they're going to get a little bit isolated. So 
which team can take advantage uh, moving forward. To me, it's going to be there. But there's going to be some good saves moving forward, and there's going to be some saves that these goalies are going to want to have back. So, to me, the mindset, whatever team can get more pucks at the net and more traffic, like we saw last night, that, that's a team to me that's going to prevail. Man, it's going to be an awesome game. I'm looking forward to it. Joey will be on the call with Chris Kerber tomorrow night out at Enterprise Center. 7 o'clock puck drop. Alex has your pregame coverage tomorrow starting at 6. Joey, we appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy yourself today. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. We'll talk with you again soon. Sounds good, boys. You guys have a great weekend.